Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Hey there, everybody. It is so good to be together again. Two weeks since we've been here on the podcast, and it feels so good to be back. This new version is going to come to you in the same place, Beyond the Rank podcast, but it's going to be here each and every Tuesday for you to kick off your week on the right foot, 20 minutes each time. I hope that you will listen and apply these things to your life to make it even better than it already is. Have you watched the movie Labyrinth lately or ever? It has probably been 20 to 25 years since I've seen it. And I watched it with my kids last week and could not believe all of the things that I was thinking while I was watching it. In fact, after I watched it, I put my kids to bed and I scribbled down a ton of my thoughts so that I could share them with you. In the movie, if you don't know what it is, there is a teenage girl and she has a stepmom lives in her home with her dad, her stepmom, and her baby brother. It's her stepbrother. She is very inconvenienced by having to babysit her stepbrother. And one night she loses track of time as she's reciting poetry and different things from her books that she loves in the park. It starts to rain. She runs home and has a teenager tantrum. Her dad and stepmom leave to go out to dinner and put her in charge of the brother. And it actually made me laugh a little bit because the girl, the teenage girl is hysterical about how it's so unfair that she has to watch her baby brother. And the stepmom was very calm. The entire time she was like, no, no, it's fine. We were just worried about you. Don't worry. We so appreciate you. And the daughter was, you know, reacting very aggressively as if the stepmom had said, you know, you're in trouble, you're grounded. But she didn't. She was very loving. I was, I was like, this is good. She's dispelling the evil stepmother myths in the labyrinth movie. She was a very kind stepmother. And so anyway, they end up leaving the the 16-year-old at home with the baby brother. He looks as if he's, I don't know, seven or eight months old. They don't ever tell you the age. And, or if they do, I missed it. (laughs) But they, they leave for dinner and she is in her room so irritated and agitated having her little tantrum. The baby brother is crying his head off in the crib. 
And she goes in and she picks him up and he's sobbing and wailing and crying. And I had colicky babies, (laughs) one in particular, it was my first baby. I don't know if you had a colicky baby, but I can't, I can't really be sure if it was user error on my part or if he really just could never calm himself down. I guess we'll never know. And it's not important, but my first baby cried for about 18 hours a day, the first five months of his life. And it's just a miracle that I had any more children after him. But I've always said that God gave me a really easy baby the second time around as a gift for not killing my firstborn. And it was really, really difficult. My nerves were shot. And so I, I empathized with her as I'm watching her as a 16 year old walk around her baby brother's bedroom or parents' bedroom, one of the two. And he's just crying and fussing and nothing will calm him down. And she starts saying things like, oh, I wish, I wish that the, no, I can't say that. And she ends up she ends up saying, I wish that the goblins would come and take you away. And as the movie goes, there is a goblin city with a goblin king and all of his little goblins. And if you summon the goblins by saying this one phrase that she said, then they will come and they will remove your annoying siblings from your home, never to be seen again. So she says the statement, she puts the baby in his crib and leaves the bedroom and goes back to her room and he immediately stops crying. So of course, like any rational woman, (laughs) when your baby stops crying, and the baby normally always cries, your first thought is the baby is dead. So you go into the bedroom and you check to make sure the baby is breathing. Most of the time you end up waking up the baby in this process. Again, if you've ever had a colicky baby, you know what this feels like because you've done it. So she goes back into the room and the baby is gone. Because of course, the goblins have come and taken him away to the goblin city. And she panics. She starts hyperventilating. And all of a sudden, the white owl flies in through the bedroom windows that look just like the Peter Pan windows. (laughs) And the white owl turns into the goblin king, who just happens to be played by David Bowie in the movie, who is a famous singer from the 80s, if you don't know who he is. And in order to get her baby brother back, the Goblin King says that she must get through his labyrinth to the castle before the clock strikes 13 hours or something like that. And of course, The windows outside of the bedroom that used to look out onto a normal street in a normal suburb 
are now this lengthy, long, almost like Jerusalem looking city of a labyrinth to a castle. So of course the girl decides, she begs to get her brother back. Please bring him back. I didn't mean it. I don't want him gone. Please give him back. And the goblin king, David Bowie, says, you must go through the labyrinth. So of course, as any good sister would do, she goes through the labyrinth and immediately starts meeting challenges. As she begins, she's very energetic, right? And she she quickly goes uh, up and down on a roller coaster of emotions as she meets different obstacles. For example, she meets this little uh, this little troll looking man, and he tells her he doesn't know how to get into the labyrinth. He gives her more confusing information than useful information, and so she ends up just going in the labyrinth, finding the door to the labyrinth, and then she can't decide if she should go left or right because both directions look the exact same. And there's one way that gets you to the castle faster than the other, and she only has 13 hours. So there's a time scarcity issue going on here because if she doesn't make it in time, then the baby will turn into a goblin and never be returned to her and the family ever again, right? So she has a little bit of a time crunch going on here. And I've actually had nightmares about this movie over the years, but not because of the goblins and the creepy eyes coming out of the walls, because they really were. It's funny how cinematography has changed over the years. They have all this fake glitter on the walls to make it look wet and shiny. And then the eyeballs that come out of the walls, like they're growing plants and things and they talk to her. And then there's a little, uh, little fairies, there's little fairies that talk to her and all these mythical creatures. Right. And so I used to have nightmares about it because I couldn't see where I was going. And so I'd be trapped in the labyrinth. And I remember just wanting to fly above the labyrinth so I could see where I was going and just know how to unlock the labyrinth. But of course, you know, even in a dream, while sometimes I can fly in a dream, in this dream, I could never fly. So I could never figure out where I was going. And I remember always feeling so panicked and frustrated that I could never figure out how to see where I was going and having no control over that. So it would just be easier. I remember in my mind when I was dreaming, thinking it would just be easier if I could see how to get to the castle from above. It's me always trying to see the path from above to make the path to the castle easier. And isn't that so true? How many times have you started something new or even when you started your network marketing business or as a mom or when you moved into a new neighborhood, whatever it might be, how many times have you just wanted to know the answers so that you could avoid failure? I think all of us can relate to that. It's such a normal human desire 
to want to know the answers. We want to know the key to the the game so that we can get through it without having any obstacles. And when you try to get to your next rank, you probably have that same feeling as well. You think, well, just someone tell me exactly what I need to do and then I will go do it. And if I can just know how to do it without any mistakes, then I'll get there faster, right? Now, the interesting thing that as a coach, when I'm working with a client who is just trying to hurry up and get to their next rank, or when I have someone that's brand new that starts and they say, how fast can I get to the top of the company? And I say, well, you know, the average results are are this amount of months, this amount of years or whatever it might be. And they'll say to me, I'm going to do it in in six months. I'm going to do it faster. And if you find this in yourself where you're trying to hurry and get somewhere, whether it's a rank or, or something else in your life, you've got to be on to yourself. Because when you're trying to hurry and get somewhere, it's always an indicator that the only reason why you're trying to get there is because you think you're going to feel a certain way when you get there and you're trying to get past the uncomfortable emotion, the negative emotion in pursuit of that goal so that you don't have to feel it. But here's the thing. Life is 50-50. 50% of the time, you're going to feel positive emotions. The other 50% of the time, you're going to feel negative emotions. In your pursuit to your next rank, in your pursuit to hitting the top of your company, 50% of the time, you're going to feel positive. The other 50% of the time, you're going to feel negative. And what's always so fascinating to me is that there's this ideal out there in the world that if we just don't make any mistakes, or if we have all the answers to control the outcome, that somehow we will be able to make it through the labyrinth and get to the castle without any mistakes and without feeling any negative emotion. But it's literally impossible because 50% is always going to be positive and 50% is always going to be negative, which this is the part that is so intriguing because how many times in your quest to rank up, have you felt a negative emotion? Like, oh, that felt icky or, oh, she, I got a, I got a message from her that told me I was scamming her or that I was only in this for the money. And, and you have this emotion and reaction to that where you think, oh, I feel so ashamed. And then you think, and that means I shouldn't be doing this because I shouldn't ever feel negative emotion when building a business. But as I say that out loud to you right now, many of you are realizing that that makes no sense at all. Because you're going to feel negative emotions. You're going to feel discomfort when you are building anything, whether you're pregnant and growing a human or you're just starting out in your network marketing company and building a team and a business. Think about it this way. When 
many of you have husbands who are pastors and it's so amazing to me to watch how a pastor will move into a new neighborhood and completely be in charge of creating a new congregation. And in that process, there's negative emotion. But does that mean that he shouldn't open that church? That he shouldn't start that congregation? No, because in all things, there are obstacles. In all things, there are going to be challenges that we have to overcome. In fact, when I ask my clients to give me an example of a time where they have been able to have success or do something amazing in their life that was easy, I've asked this question thousands of times. And every time the client will tell me, you know, I'm going to have to think about that for a little bit. Nothing's coming to mind. And then my next question that I ask them is, can you tell me about a time when you've done something amazing or achieved something in your life that was particularly noteworthy or transformational for you? Can you tell me an example of when you've done that, when it's been difficult or challenging? And instantly, every single client can give me four or five examples of struggle in trying to achieve something, reach a goal, have some sort of success or any sort of happiness in their life. But again, it's so interesting because our brains still have this expectation that we shouldn't have to overcome obstacles, that we should always be happy. And that if we're doing it right, then it should be easy and happy. And at the first sign of negative emotion, all of a sudden people are saying things like, oh, well, this must be a sign from God that I should quit, or this must be a sign from the universe that this isn't right because I shouldn't have these bad feelings. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't, that there are or aren't going to be times where you're going to receive personal revelation of things that are wrong or right, because I obviously believe in that. I believe that you can receive personal revelation for yourself, that you can pray and receive answers and all of those things. But oftentimes when we are in the pursuit of a new goal, creating a new business, pushing for a new rank, we will misinterpret our brain's signal trying to keep us safe of discomfort and our brain thinks abort 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 this is negative emotion i'm uncomfortable we shouldn't be doing this our brain will oftentimes confuse that survival instinct that is from hundreds of thousands of years ago with we shouldn't be doing this when really It's just normal to have discomfort on the way to success or achieving anything in life. So what I want you to do is I want you to, 
on a piece of paper or on a notepad, if you're not driving your car right now, if you can write it down now or later on today or tomorrow, whenever you have a free chance to do this, I want you to write down some examples in your life that you can think of where you've had to be uncomfortable to achieve something. For me, some of those examples were joining the church that I go to now. It was a different church than I was raised in, and it's a different church than half of my family goes to. And that was a really challenging thing for me to do. I felt a lot of discomfort. I had a lot of sadness during that time. But it also gave me the opportunity to experience a lot of joy and brought me everything that I have in my life now. When I went to college and worked so that I could get married when I was 21, I had to support myself with my husband. And so we both worked full, we both worked part-time and went to school full-time so that we could graduate and still pay our bills. That was a very challenging time. There was a lot of discomfort, but it brought us this amazing blessing of having college degrees. When I was going through my student teaching to become a school teacher, it was very uncomfortable. There were lots of days where I was very tired and very exhausted and irritated with not being able to know how to teach because I was a brand new teacher that didn't know what I was doing. All of those experiences, not being able to get pregnant, back it up. When I went to get married, my family thought we were too young. They wanted us to wait longer, but I knew after praying about it, that it was the right thing for me. Now, almost 18 years later, I think that my family and I all agree it was the right choice. (laughs) It worked out. But back then, it was very uncomfortable to make that decision in my life. Then when we couldn't get pregnant, we had been married for four years. We weren't able to get pregnant. That was a very challenging time. But persevering through that, finding answers, working with doctors, that gave us the blessing of children. When I started my network marketing career, that's another example. I was very uncomfortable the entire time. Still, to this day, I am uncomfortable most of the time because I'm constantly pushing myself to reach a new goal, hit a new rank, get my company to create a new rank for me to hit. All of these things are uncomfortable. And they are totally normal. 50% of the time, you're going to feel positive emotions like joy, happiness, love, relief, achievement, excited, motivated. And the other 50% of the time, you're going to feel things like sadness, fear, discomfort, betrayal. You might begin to have indulgent thoughts like this would just be easier if I could just be at the top of my company already. This would be easier if I had an upline that helped me more. This would be easier if I just had a bigger network. This would be easier if I was more savvy on social media. 
It's always you trying to see the path from above to make the path to the castle easier, right? You just wish you could see the way. I get it. The thing about finding the way, though, is stumbling through not knowing the way. In the Labyrinth movie, as she's going through all of the different twists and turns, and the Goblin King keeps sending tricks, like having his little helpers turn the tiles over where she's made markings with her red lipstick, trying to keep track of which way she's gone and which way she's repeated. They turned them over so that her lipstick was not showing anymore. She had the little troll man divert her, trying to get her to lead her to the front of the labyrinth so she wouldn't make it in time. And she kept saying, things aren't as they seem in this place because the labyrinth continued to deceive her with trick doorways and dead ends over and over and over again. And what I want you to learn from this movie that I have just shortly summarized for you today and all the examples that I've given you of my own life is that the way to the castle is through the labyrinth. Stumble more, fail bigger. You do not need to see the way from above. It's the trick doorways and the dead ends that are the way. I promise. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rink that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.